0: Good day to you. Welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully you are doing well. Um, I know it's a busy time of year for most people. And uh, I hope you are giving yourself to spiritual matters. Maturing. Fasting. Praying. I'll just be honest, this time of the year lends itself to catering to our flesh. And I'll just remind you that like Revelation Warns us, tells us that that the sign of the times, one of the uh, characteristics of the end of the age is their gods will be their bellies. And so let's be wise with what we do, that we're not an indulgent people catering to our flesh in this season that is hot and heavy towards the natural man. Be careful, won't you? Tend to your spirit, man. Don't don't deny him because of family functions and traveling and the busyness of, of stuff. May seeking the Lord, studying to show ourselves approved, walking in the ways of Yeshua, the, the Messiah who went before us, may we continue to do that and not just continue but even in greater measure. May it not become second or third place in any way may it have its proper place in in us no matter what we're doing no matter what we give ourselves to or not this morning I'm thinking kind of springboarding off of the two-fold message that I actually posted this morning um, about the blood of the lamb and the word, Of the testimony. And obviously, if you've listened to that message, then you know the theme is we, I would say, in this era of Christianity, we put everything upon the blood of the Lamb. There's power within it, power to set men free, power to redeem mankind, power to be the mediator between god and man it's all these things yes and amen but in the in the revelation verse the overcomers the victors will do so according to that twofold principle which i would say then culminates in what some people call the third principle, but I just believe the last part of that verse is actually the culmination of the two points put together, which is they will not love and they do not love their lives unto death. So as I drive out to work this morning, I'm just thinking about that principle and it's twofold, as I said in that in that message, that There is factual reality that blue and yellow make green. And you're not going to get green with just blue. You're not going to get green with just yellow. They must be mixed. They must be the two ingredients, the the two components to make green. And I would say, again, in great simplicity, just because it bears repeating, that they, we, should that be applicable will overcome the great adversary by the blood of the Lamb, the passive, okay? Embrace the passive work, the slain Lamb, the Passover Lamb, the Son of God, Son of Man, spilling of His blood unto death, the sacrificial death, purchasing all of mankind who would enter into Himself, The passive work. We enter into the work of the Messiah that He accomplished for our benefit. Excuse me, for our benefit. And then there's an active, I call it a response. For those who have joined themselves with the Messiah, literally entered through the narrow gate that is He Himself, clothed yourself in who he is, the, the, the garment at the master's table, the requirement to come into the master's house, clothed in his righteousness, you then, therefore, have been given a testimony, an ongoing, experiential, perpetual, personal testimony. And those two combined create the overcoming. They create the and and literally fashion an overcomer, victorious by those two components. And by the way, these men who are walking in this two-fold principle will not love their lives unto death. Awesome. I love it. And so I've been kind of thinking through some of that stuff still the last couple of days. Um, because, you know, as I, I would assume most people understand, and I do talk about it sometimes, these recordings, sometimes by the time they get online, they're a week old. Um, I get this stockpile of messages to get on, and so sometimes it just takes a little while, especially if I have an ongoing series. I'll often record two hours in a day. Sorry, I'm hitting a bunch of bumps in the road here, <laughs> making my voice flutter. Um, and so sometimes there's this little bit of a backlog of when these make it online. So it's been about a week when I, when I recorded the stuff about um, the Revelation verse. The blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. But that has, has continued to flow, if you will, through my patterns of thought, the meditations of my heart for the last five to seven days. Well, no, it's been longer than that. It's, it's seven to ten days now. And this morning, this morning, I woke up early with the verse um, about Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, being lifted up from the earth. Um, so I went there this morning. In the the account I landed on, of course, it's in several places, but John chapter twelve, verse thirty-two. If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. Now, of course, this was a mystery to everybody who heard. You know, what are you talking about? I mean, what? first of all, of course, they question, who's this son of man business? What are you talking about? And I've got I've to interject this, right? And, oh, Lord, help me not to get sidetracked. I briefly watched a, I watched about 30 seconds of, an, of a um, news segment last night. Again, we don't have a television, we don't have dish or cable, of course, because of that. Um, but it came across my Facebook feed as I was posting some stuff for work last night on my business account. And it was from CNN and they had done, I guess it's going to air uh, as a program or, or, I don't know, maybe it's just online content. I don't know the format. But they were interviewing a very predominant progressive pastor. And they show up at his house or his office or, or something, and they're just talking to him. And so I am still intrigued about what is out there. What is drawing the people of this age? Christians now. Followers of Jesus, where are we as a people on the earth and, of course, primarily in this nation? And so I know who this guy is and, and, you know, how how I see him is really irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. But I was intrigued, so I decided I'm going to watch just a little bit of this clip. And the interesting part is the only part I listened to Just really, it just made me, it just baffled me. He said word for word, you know what? People in this age have a real bad taste for pastors, preachers, leaders in the church. And we're just trying to undo that. We're just trying to let you know that, you know what? I'm just like you. I'm no different than you. I got the same struggles, same problems, same addictions, saying this, this, this. I'm just like you, friend. And the whole world needs to know that we're just like them. It's time to break down the the stigma of the pastor preacher. Because you know what? People look at preachers and they think, you know what? These men are like aliens or something. Well, that's not right. We're just like you. And I literally was like, Now, I realize you can take a phrase and listen. You could listen to my podcast and you could, I remember when I was doing the Hezekiah series, I somehow in the moment of my being stirred, I think I said that Hezekiah wrote some of the proverbs. Now, that's absurd. We know that's not true. And somebody could pull that out and say, look at this guy. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Now, I realize we're all errant. We all have problems and we all say things that just aren't right. But I'm just thinking of like this man's influence and that wasn't just a mistake. That wasn't just like a, a verbal error. That I would say is a doctrinal position, a spiritual principle that is severely off. I talk about this all the time and I'm going to bring this little part and I'll move back to where I was. But the thing that really struck me was like, this is what's being promoted to millions of young people who are, quote, returning to the church. But I'm just asking, what are they returning to? What are they returning to? Because there's just no way in the world we can say, well, the world really sees the Christian as an alien, but we need them to know that we're just like you. We're just like you. We're all the same. Now, friend, this is this is not just a little error to me. This is the end of the age. It's the end of the age because the distinction is gone. It's gone. I think I say the word distinction and consecration a hundred times a day right now. Distinction, consecration, set apart. I feel, like, I feel like that is in my constant vocabulary. And friends, that may we, be, may we be aware, alert, and sober-minded in this hour. Because it can creep into every last one of us if we're not careful. Oh, we're all just the same, brother. Praise the Lord for the, for the slain lamb. If it weren't for the blood of the lamb, boy, I'd be hell-bound. Because of all this, this, and this, and this, I'm just like you. Friends, the, the, the word of our testimony is neutered when we do that. We are less, I would say, for me, if I did that, I would be let, number one, I'm not walking in authority and power underneath the empowering spirit of God that indwells me and drives out and repels sin like I shared several messages ago about the east from the west reality when you look at the word studies of that. I'm repelled by sin. Why? The Messiah within me drives it away. It is no longer appealing because I'm walking as a spiritual man. That's old news. That's elementary teaching. Am I above it? No. That's a whole other thing. I'm not immune. I'm not spiritually walking in the clouds. It's real life. But it's a set decision based upon an inner reality of my identity hidden with Christ in Yahweh God. All right, let's jump back in. So, in, in light of the twofold stuff in Revelation, the blood of the Lamb, the power, or the word rather, of the testimony, and those two thereby to, together combined create power overcoming. So as I, as I briefly, briefly referenced a minute ago, John 12, 32, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. And what I was just, my train of thought in the meditations of my heart this morning landed on two points within that. And this is, again, my perspective. Um, I'm no seminary uh, student and, and I don't know much, but I know Something. Within this, to me, is a twofold principle. And this is just the simple way that I broke it down for my son and for my wife at our breakfast table this morning. I believe it's number one, a historical fact. Because we know that, it goes on in verse 33 to say that Jesus was clearly referencing the actual act, time, circumstance of being literally lifted up from the earth on the wooden cross on display for all of mankind. I talk about that often, about the metaphor within that, um, how Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, was laid bare. He was, he was hung up on a cross for a reason, friends. It wasn't just because, well, I guess that's just the way things went, He was put up on public display to make a point, to make something very clear, and not just to the men of earth who beheld it and said, surely this is the king of the Jews, but to all principalities and powers, all of creation, seen and unseen both, a spectacle, a show, if you will, a display. And so we know, again, from verse 33, let's make it absolutely clear before we even start talking and even mentioning the metaphorical principle within it, it was factual. Yes, historical fact. The Son of Man was placed upon a cross and it was placed into the ground and he was lifted up on the natural earth on a wooden cross, put on display. And he said, by doing so, I will draw all men unto myself. They will look upon me and and will be given the ability to come to me and respond rightly. Yes, amen. The first principle within this. Now, I would say there is also a second principle that we could almost label, number one, the natural, and number two, the spiritual, number one, literal. Number two, spiritual. I believe he's saying now as well, in equal measure, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Number two, I would say, is the present promise. Because when you start looking into this lifted up, lifted up is throughout the scriptures with regularity, and it's general it's generally directly tied to the the exaltation of men. The the parables that talk about the, the opposite, if you will, of the ones who abase themselves and make themselves low. The ones who place themselves deliberately now in their proper place, preeminent position... Alone, going to the Messiah. John 8, 28. When we lift him up, we shall know he is Messiah. Okay? Matthew 23, 12. Whoever shall lift himself up shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be lifted up. And so within this, I would say, those who lift up now the Messiah to his proper place, will enter into the now present promised reality of being the vehicle and the vessel to draw men unto Messiah. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I, I think this is very clear. I don't think this takes a whole lot of explanation, but I'll, I'll take it a little bit further to make it hopefully clearer if necessary. We have the historical fact. Yes, the God-man, Yeshua, in physical form, was hung and displayed. He was lifted up from the earth. The imagery of, of Moses and the staff and all these things we know, awesome things within the Scriptures. But the present promise reality really stuck out to me. The present promise reality... I think we need to really give ourselves to make sure we're understanding this. That we now have been given the privilege when we lay ourselves low, when we submit ourselves unto God and unto men. Again, go back and listen to the Freedom and Liberty Liberty series in July if you've not heard that. When we are no longer slaves to sin, we become enslaved to the Messiah and to our brothers who are in Him. And I believe by doing that, by, by deliberately laying ourselves low and abasing ourselves now, every man will be humbled. We do know that, right? So through the proper way, through the empowering and the conviction of the Spirit, we can do that now and and do it in incremental ways for the rest of our days, which does what? I would say it exalts and lifts up the Messiah. And that will draw men unto Him. I believe that some of the contrast within the understanding of the historical... In the now, the natural and the spiritual, the literal, did happen. Yes and amen. But again, everything Yeshua did, we have to give ourselves to this constant mindset. Everything that he accomplished was primarily to empower and demonstrate a pattern to those who would follow and do likewise. I think if if Christianity in this age got that principle, I mean really got it, it would change every single thing in this earth. I mean, I believe that. But the problem is, I would say, we read, we study, we give ourselves in some way to learning the ways of Yeshua. The what would Jesus do movement. The the, just be like Jesus tagline. Well, number one, nobody really tells you how to do that. And number two, I think we're missing that there is much for us to actually do that is simply following his pattern. There are so many things we could implement right here, right now, if we even knew what to do. Instead of admiring the works of the Messiah, it's time that we get to doing them. I leave. Why? This is for your good. This is for your benefit. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to enable you to do what I've done in even greater things. Why? The innumerable Emmanuel reality on the earth. Yeshua left to send the Holy Spirit to indwell man To do what? To multiply himself in flesh and bone bodies. Why did Yeshua not set up an earthly kingdom? Because it would have been too limiting. Oh, are you saying that Jesus ruling and reigning on the earth in a natural kingdom as a natural king is nothing? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's too limiting. It would be too small. If that would have been the way to do things, he surely would have done it. And by the way, that's what the men wanted him to do. Oh, let us be your royal subjects, O great king. They wanted to sit beside him in the palace and be his men. Look at us. We know the king. But what did Jesus say? Brother, you can't go where I'm going. (laughs) You can't do what I'm about to do. But... When I leave, I'm sending a great comforter. I'm sending power from on high. You will be clothed in power. To do what? To do my will. To do what I've been showing y'all, if you were paying attention, do what I've been doing. Friends, that's what we've been called to do. And what is that? Where in the world can we say at the very least that that begins? We lift him up to his proper place. We exalt him. We magnify him. We point to him. It's all about him. Yes, he was lifted up on a natural cross on a natural earth. He was made a display to draw men unto himself. Yes. But it's also a present reality. Absolutely hands down. It is also a present promise that Yeshua Messiah, when we abase ourselves deliberately and exalt Him to His high and lofty place, it will continue to draw men to Him. Let me bring this to a close. Once again, I thought this might be a 15-minute one, and that's that's sure not going to happen. I think if the remnant of people now the remnant of people on the earth. Get this principle. I mean, get it and set their absolute everything upon doing it, this entire age would change. I really do believe that. If we would quit considering ourselves, if we would be in the blood of the Lamb, if we would walk in the power of of the blood of the Lamb mixed with the word of our testimony, and if we did not therefore love our lives unto death, and if we exalted the Messiah to His proper place, men would be drawn to Him. So we have to ask ourselves, if these are eternal truths now, why are more men not being drawn unto the Messiah? I would say because we have been Ignorant, lazy, and lacking the faith to move. We're right here again. Friends, it's time to do something. It's time to do something, friends. It's time to move. It's time to get on our faces. It's time to get up earlier and earlier. Study more. Pray more. Deny ourselves more. Why? Because it's just our duty? No. Because that is how we get in. That's how we get into the life of humility, of abasement, of self denial. Again, in whose pattern? The Messiah. It was his life. Not my will. Not my will. I have one now. We have to remember that. Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of God, he was a Son of Man, he had a will. We can't just say, well, he was God. (laughs) No. Let's not lessen the work that he did and he accomplished. He had a will. He lorded over it. He thereby prepared a way for us to walk likewise. So, friends, let's do it. Let's lift him up. Let's exalt him to his highest, most deserved place, preeminent, first and foremost, over myself. Is he Lord of your life? Oh, yeah, he's Lord of my life, brother, since 1987. No, I don't mean that. I mean today. Is he absolute preeminent Lord over every single thing you are, you do, you possess, you ever will be? We must know. May he have his proper place. Amen.